Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. So this evening, we're continuing our study through Genesis chapter 37. And if you recall, we introduced this text with the title, The Pit, The Prison, and The Palace. Now, last week, we, well, we didn't fully see Joseph thrown into the pit, but we did learn a lot. And you go, well, like what? Well, for example, right, we asked the question, where are you in life right now? Where are you in life right now? Because I fully understand that navigating daily in this world is a challenge. Life the way we knew it isn't, doesn't exist. Going to the doctor the way we used to, sitting in a waiting room, does not exist anymore. Going to get your hair cut, done, permed, whatever, colored, doesn't, you have to wait outside till they're ready. I mean, it just, it's changed. Everything's changed. And it's been super hard and super stressful. We have no idea what tomorrow's gonna bring. And I, and, and, and frankly, I'm tired of bringing it up each and every week. But every time we gather, we, 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 this is where we live. This is where we live. And so what I thought is I need to teach you the word of God while commenting on our current events so that I can offer hope and comfort in the midst. You guys with me? Okay. So yesterday I had to make a quick trip to Amarillo. So I'm on my way to Amarillo and I, and, 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 and you know how the Lord speaks to you. He just really spoke to me about something so amazing. I want you to jot this down if you're taking note. Okay. Here's, here's really just who we are at Calvary. You go, what's that? We need to learn to live. We need to learn to live. You go, what do you mean? Learn to live. Well, at Calvary guys, we need to learn. Listen to me. We need to learn the word of God so that we can live the word of God. Okay, it's not enough to come in here and go, wow, that was a great Bible study. Wow, I've learned more than I've ever learned before because really the the nucleus, if you will, the crux of learning the word of God is applying the word of God, is living out the word of God. That's really what it's about. And I started thinking, I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see it's, it's not enough to just fill you guys with information. Well, here's the Greek word. Here's the Hebrew. Here's this. All of that is wonderful. But here's the point, guys. We need to learn so that we can live. When we learn the word of God verse by verse, then we can apply the word of God to our lives. So we need to learn to live. And when we learn to live, then we can really learn to live. How about that? When we learn to live, right? And when we really, and when we learn to live, then we really learn to live. That's really what it's all about. So the message tonight, the pit, the prison, and the palace, part two, because tonight we're definitely going to see Joseph in the pit. And we're going to see him in all three areas, but tonight we're going to see him in the pit. But what I want to do in in order to learn the word of God so we can apply the word of God, we have to focus on a moment at where you are in life, where you are in life. You go, what do you mean? Well, I would ask the question once again in week number two, are you in the pit? Are you in the pit? See, a lot of us tonight could go, Ben, I can relate with Joseph. Are you kidding me? The pit of life seems hopeless And helpless, brother, that's where I am. I'm in the pit right now. I'm in the pit. Because when you're in the pit, guess what? It's dark, and you're afraid, and you have no future, and you have no idea what it is. There's a lot of people who've been in the pit. And here's my thought. When I put a message together, I really want to put myself and go, okay, what are the folks thinking? Right now, in my world, in my sphere, what are they? Are, are there people in the pit? You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Are they in the pit? Are are they in the pit of depression? Are they in the pit of anxiety, or are they in the pit of of just being worried? 
Are, are we in the pit of, of, of we, 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 we just don't have hope? I wonder. Or maybe you go, man, I'm not in the pit. Actually, I've moved from the pit into the prison. Okay? Because we're going to see Joseph get out of the pit, but he's going to end up in prison. And so there are a lot of people I've got to ask, are you in prison? Chapter 39, guys, Joseph is going to be put in prison, and he's going to be there for two years. And the prison is no joke. This is not a place where you wanted to end up, but life, the way we see it at times, we could go from the pit to the prison. The prison. What's the prison like? The prison, guys, is dark. It's dingy. It's cold. Loneliness. Uh, I bet Joseph felt like he was never going to get out of this place. Let me ask you a question, okay? I want you to put yourself in Joseph's mindset. He's in the pit. I wonder when he was in the prison if he would have thought, man, I would have rather died in the pit. But we know God is doing something. And here's my thought for you, okay? I know it got real quiet in here. I wonder, I just wonder with COVID-19, the coronavirus, quarantine, job loss, loneliness and fear, I wonder how many in the world right now, those of you watching online, might feel like you are in a prison cell. You see, and maybe it just wasn't even, it wasn't even the season that we've coming into, but, but this is something that you've kind of been in for a while now. Or maybe it was the season. See, the other night I was talking to a friend of mine. It was a lady that I used to work many years ago, almost 20 years ago. We were talking on the phone, and uh, she's now retired. And she said, you know what? When they quarantined her, she said, she said basically she lives in New Mexico, and they were really, really strict. She said that she was literally getting depressed from being in the home day after day after day after day after day after day. She said, I had to do something. I'm retired. I didn't go have to go to a job. And she goes, I was literally And that's the word she used. I thought, wow. Here's why, guys. Can can we be honest in church? Can we we be honest? Because here's what happens, guys. Sometimes we we really only look with what's going on in our lives. And and we see, well, this is what's happening in my life. This is what's happening. This is my kids. And that's fine. But sometimes we forget there's other people out there that are really struggling and really hurting and in the prison cell of depression because they don't know how to navigate through a quarantine, a stay-at-home order, a COVID, some sort of crisis. I thought, wow. Guys, here should be our prayer, okay? God, give us eyes to see those that are hurting so that we can minister to them. Give us hearts to see those that are hurting, those that are fearful, so we can offer hope. God, give us that heart. That's the Christian. That's what we should be saying. God, give us that heart so we can see. Here's why. I can go to Brother Alex and say, Brother, how are you doing? He'd say, Amen, Brother, I'm doing good. But I don't know if he's doing good. This is just our go-to response. How are you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. Hey, Adam, how are you doing? I'm all right, man. But... God, give me, give me, give me a supernatural heart to see that maybe my brother is hurting. Guys, think about this, okay? Think about this. Think about, uh, I want you to think about the quarantine period and what that did to couples. It either got you closer together or it drove a wedge. Because we're not, listen, we're not used to this. We're used to go, I'm going here, I'm going there, and we make it work this way. All of a sudden, we're forced, boom. Uh, who are you? Who are you? Well, I don't, and, and there was a lot of fighting. I mean, think about this. And what does the devil do? He comes in, he says, I'm going to create a wedge and a division in the marriage. 
because we never took the time to, to get to know each other before this. I want a heart to, 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 to minister. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot of people, guys. We, we get that. Can I get an amen? amen? There's many in our world, guys, and, and what I want to do is we need to offer hope and comfort and peace. If you know the Lord Jesus with all of your heart, if you know him, that's what you should do. That should be your go-to. Well, how does that work? How does that work, Beverly? You know what? It's as simple as a smile. When Beverly walks through the door and she's smiling, man, that just, yes. Because we can minister to people that way. So guys, listen. You may not think about it at all, but when you go to the grocery store, man, thank them for for doing their job because they 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 provided the food that we could. I mean, they were they were stocking. You you see what I'm saying? And and you go, that's a simple way to minister. It's a simple way. A smile, a thank you, uh, sister. How you doing? Are you doing okay? Now here's the thing. Okay, so let's get past a lot of that, brother. How you doing? I'm doing great. You know what I always say. No, tell me the truth. How are you getting? And, and then I ask the hard questions. Joe, tell me, you and Beverly getting along? You know? Why would you ask that? No, because I want to know. I'll ask Beverly. Beverly will tell the truth. We're getting along? No, we're not, Pastor. We need to talk. Amen. Now, listen, for those of you, I'm just using them in illustration. They're great. You guys are great, right? Okay, so I'm just, I want you to, don't be sending emails going, is Joe and Beverly okay? They're fine. They're fine. So that's the heart we want. But see, eventually we're, we might end up in the palace. You see, he's going he's gonna to graduate. He's, God is going to find favor in the life of Joseph, and he's going to go to the palace, and this is going to be so cool. Why? Because maybe you're in the palace, and you're going, Ben, listen, man, things are good. It's a little rough, but things are good. I mean, they're okay. They're okay, man. We're just taking life in stride, man. And, and um, I feel like during this pandemic, you know, we're making a difference. I'm able to minister to people. We gave food, whatever it might be. And here's what I want you to see. Wherever you are, if you're in the pit, or you're in the prison, or you're in the palace, God wants to use you right where you're at. God wants to use. He used Joseph. Could he use Joseph in the prison? Not to change the world like he is in the palace. Okay. Okay. So Joseph was an instrument that God used in the pit, and he used him in the prison, and he's going to use him in the palace. Now, think about this, okay? Everybody got your thinking caps on? Think about this. The pit brought clarity to life. The prison brought meaning to life. And the palace actually brought life to life. Okay? If you... You're a note taker. That's a great thing to write down. Why? Because as we go through this, you'll, these are the things, man. Sometimes in life, you'll be in a pit. And what it does oftentimes, guys, is it brings what? It brings clarity. Oh, okay. I, I see where I'm going. Oh, okay. Or sometimes the prison, and it brings forth meaning. What's really important in your life? What's really important? What's God trying to tell you in your walk? What's God trying to tell you in your heart? That's important. And then when you're in the palace, guess what? Then that's the place that brought life, not only to himself, but to others. Here's the point. You ready? No matter where you are in life right now, and I'm talking to you, God can use you, he will use you, as an instrument to bring hope, to bring peace, to bring comfort, and to bring change. Don't sell yourself short. God still uses us every single day. Yeah, Ben, but I just get up and I go to work and I just do my thing. God wants to use you. I'm telling you. You hear that? He said, yes, amen. 
You got an amen from the Lord. He wants to use us, guys. The problem is, is that we don't allow him to use us. Well, why would God want to use me? I don't, I don't, I don't know enough of the Bible. No, God wants to use me. I don't know. I don't know any theology. I'm just, I don't know. I haven't been a Christian that long. Why would God want to use me? Because, because the God of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob lives inside of you. And the Holy Spirit lives inside you. And then he can use you at any point. You guys tracking with me? Have you ever have you ever witnessed to somebody? Have you ever seen sharing the word of God and scriptures keep and you're going, I didn't even know I knew these scriptures, and you're just telling them, and the Holy Spirit is all over that, and they're looking at you like, I didn't know you knew that either, and you're going, I didn't know that either. God is good, that's awesome. And you're and you're just sharing your heart. And when you go when you get done, you go, I don't even know what I said. But I know God was in it. It can be as it can be as as complex as that. You're sharing scripture. You're you're, or it could be as easy as have a nice day. You doing all right, man? Next time you go to the grocery store, I don't know if you're religious or not, but how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? You won't believe how many people would tell you, "Wow." Well, let me tell you. Okay. Okay. Why, guys? Why? Tell me. Because people are hurting, man. They're hurting in this world. And what God wants to do is he wants to use us in just amazing ways. In just amazing ways. Okay. So, where did we leave off last week? Joseph is sold into slavery. By who? By his own bros, man. By his own brothers. And, Je- and Joseph, man, he's not going to have a good day, nor will his father Jacob, right? Because we're introduced to this kid. He's 17 years old, okay? He's 17 years old, a little naive. I'll give him that, okay? 17 years old. He's feeding the flocks with his brother, so he's a shepherd. After he witnesses whatever his brothers were doing on the job, guess what he does? He comes and he gives dad a bad report. Notice what it says. It says, Joseph, being 17-year-olds, was feeding the flock with his brothers. The lad was with the sons of Bilpah, the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph bought a bad report to Uh, of them to his father. Now, if you have a pencil handy, remember that word bad report is an evil report about his brothers. So he's looking at his brothers. His brothers are goofing off, okay? His brothers are not honoring, okay? His brothers are taking 30 minutes when they're only giving him a 15-minute break. They're sitting on the clock going, yeah, are you working? Yeah, I'm working. How you doing? Okay, Oh, aren't you supposed to be? Yeah, I'm working, but I'm just, I'm, you know, yeah, I'll get to it in a minute, you know. And and our and our eight-hour workday for the Lord, we give him really about six. And Joseph goes, no, 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 no. We're supposed to be honoring God. Church, listen to me. As believers, we need to honor God by the way we work. And if you get paid for eight hours, you need to work eight hours. That's what makes the difference. That's what people see. Do you realize that, that the workforce out there, they're, they're doing just enough not to get fired. Just enough. And Christians come in and we need to be, we need to just, listen, they're paying me for eight hours. I need to work eight hours. Somebody's going to see. So he brings a bad report. So here's the question, guys. Was, was Jacob, 17 years old, was Jacob, was he a tattletale gossip? Well, my, my brothers, you should have seen, they're, they're just, or was he a truth, right, or a faithful steward of the sheep? See, I, I believe that Joseph was not a tattletale gossip, but he was a truth speaker. And just as Joseph brought an evil report, Jesus had testified that this world is evil. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 7, verse 7, it says, The world cannot hate you, but it does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. 
Guys, this is why, this is why the world hates Jesus. This is why. We also learn, we also learn something very interesting. You go, what's that? We learned that, that, that he was dad's favorite. And he gives him a coat of many colors, a coat of authority, right? Do you remember that? Now we see the problem. Why? Jacob, Israel, loved Joseph more than his other children. And let me just say this, guys. Jacob was playing favoritism, and it never ends well for any family. There should be no favorites for our kids. We should love them the same. Why? Because the others begin to notice and hatred begins to brew in their heart. Well, why did Joseph get a bigger stake than me? Why did Joseph get the soft mattress and we have to sleep out in the barn? Why did you guys see what I'm saying? And so hatred begins to brew. Now, hatred will not brew if everybody's treated the same. What an amazing responsibility, guys, as parents we have is to love each of our kids just exactly the same. Now, listen, they're different personalities. You understand that. So the love might look a little bit different, but there should be no favoritism. There, oh, well, this one, this one's a, this one's a cut up. This one's a jokester. And we love to just hang out and we love to, but this one's a little more quiet, more reserved. And I have a different relationship, but it should never be favoritism. Because that always leads to, well, you guys see the story. You guys saw the story, right? We, we got to be so careful. And then dad does something incredible. He takes a tunic of many colors. And, and guys, think about this. It seems like Jay, he wanted to make Jacob a ruler before he truly learned how to be a servant. How to be a servant. Let me just say this. You ready? In order to lead, you must learn how to serve. How? What do you mean? Here's what God requires, guys. God requires of us to be humble and to be broken. As a matter of fact, James, the half-brother of Jesus, writes this in chapter 4, verse 10. He says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. That's the word of God. Okay? So what are we supposed to do? Humble ourselves. Walk in humility. Don't let pride get in there. Oh, look at me. I'm somebody. Walk in humility. Lord, thank you. What an honor and a privilege. And then God will begin to lift you up. Last but not least, guess what? Jacob has a couple, or Joseph has a couple of dreams, right? And, and he does something, I think, kind of naive, kind of 17-year-old. I had a dream. Let me share them with you, right? And he shares them with his, with his brothers, and it doesn't go over so well. Because first of all, he's, he's already favoritism, and then he's got a coat, and then he's like been promoted, and then all this is, I mean, now he has some genes, and now we have dreams, and so now we have to chat for just a moment, okay? And I don't want you to miss this. Joseph had a dream, and he told his dreams to his brothers. Notice verse 6 and 7. He said, and he said to them, Please hear the dream that I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose, and it stood upright. And indeed, your sheaf stood all around and bowed to my sheaf. That's the first dream, right? This was on the earth. Then in verse 9, he says, and I still had another dream, and I told it to his brother, and he said, look, I have dreamed another dream. At this time, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. And he's talking about heavenly things. Now, I think about this. I think about this, okay? And I want you to put on your thinking caps for just a moment. Why? Because I want to bring some application to it, okay? So he's telling the dream, sort of naive, but he's focused on him. But over in Matthew's gospel, chapter 26 and verse 64, uh, it says that Jesus said to him, it is as you said, nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Okay? You go, what's the point? 
on our Genesis study, Jacob was saying, look at me, listen, there is authority, the, the, the sheaves bow down to me, the soon, the sun and the moon and the stars bow down to me, and it's giving us a picture of the coming Messiah, Jesus, because Jesus said, listen, he's coming, he sees the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. You go, what does that mean? Jesus also spoke of his coming, what, dominion. He said that. Now, why is the point? Here it is. You ready? Because so many people today are asking, what's this world coming to? What's this world coming to? Can I tell you this? It's coming to Jesus. It's coming to Jesus. The world is in such a mess because things are out of place right now, if we can be honest. Okay? Things are out of place. God, I mean, think about this. Where is God in the life of people? Where is God in in the homes? Where is God in our schools? Where is God? We've pushed him out, and we go, what in the world is going on? Come on. Look at me. How many of us watch the news and just shake our head? Beverly was telling me, I have never seen this. And I mean, this is something so unbelievable. When the world's going on, I'll tell you, the world needs to come to Jesus. And here's what I thought. Here's what I thought. Pastor, so I thought, what if we flipped what Satan wants to do and herald the gospel of Christ so many would see that it's time to come home? That's what I want to see. Let's take what the enemy meant for evil. Sounds like a song. Somebody should write us sing a song, right? And turn it on its head and, and bring as many people on board as we can. That's what I want to do, as many people. Okay? And the vision that God gave me, I'm standing in a platform about this high, and I'm seeing people, but there's people with their arms crossed looking at me like, mm-mm, like they're listening, but they're not really, they're not connecting. And then there's other people says that I'm actually pulling in the truck as I'm preaching. And it's so symbolic that God wants to save people. And maybe you're watching online right now, and God's saying, man, he, he wants to save you. He has a place for you in heaven. He's reconciled you back. He bankrupted. Do you, you realize that? He bankrupted heaven so that you could be saved. Bankrupted. He said, all or nothing. For God so loved Alex, Amanda, Soph, Rosa, Beverly, right? Amanda, Adam, Tiffany, Talia, Jay, Sarah, Mel, that God, he bankrupted heaven. All of you watching online, he said, God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life. That's amazing, guys. That's amazing. Joe didn't get in this because he walked out to look at the storm, but did Joe get in here because you got to give me an amen when you say that. But anyway, here's the point, right? You got to say why. Why are things not the way they were? Here's why. Because, guys, Jesus is the king and he belongs on the throne. Satan is a criminal and he belongs in prison. Do you realize that he wants to kill, to destroy? I mean, he wants to, you know, he wants to. Guys, the church is the bride of Christ. And guess where she belongs? She belongs with her groom. And soon, when Jesus comes again, I promise you, he's going to put things back in order. Can I get an amen on that? Right. So the question is, what's this world coming to, Beverly? Where are you in life right now? The answer is and always has been Jesus. Jesus. If I can offer some application, make sure, guys, your lives are saturated. That's the word. Make sure your lives are saturated in him.
Learning, loving, living, saturated, saturated. And so we finished up, guys, last week in verse 18. Guess how we finished up? Joseph's brothers are plotting to murder him. So this goes beyond a little sibling rivalry, right? Tiffany, you have a twin. You ever, you ever bump heads a little bit? You ever have a little bit of sibling rivalry growing up? Yeah, right? You won't believe this, but Tiffany's the introvert of the two. She's the quiet one. But you, you probably had it. And, 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 but you love your sister, right? You, you, I, I know you do. I know you do. But this, this, guys, this is, this is beyond that. This is hatred. This is, I want to see him dead. No more. Finito. Finished. And, I, and I'm trying to think, wow. I'm trying to think this is. And so Joseph approaches them. You guys know the story. His brothers recognize him from afar and they plot to kill him. They want to get rid of that dreamer of dreams once and for all. I think Reuben, the oldest, has a conscience a little bit, right? And, and he argues, no, 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 no. Let's not shed his blood, right? Let's just throw him into, um, um, how about that pit over there? How about that cistern? Let's just do that. Why? Because Reuben had a conscience. He wanted to come back later and release him. And he thought, okay, let, let's just, we'll just do this. Well, you guys know this. If you're taking notes, the word, the word uh, that they used here for pit means it's, it's bore, it's B-O-R in the Hebrew, and it means cistern. In ancient Israel, um, they cut out cisterns and the solid rock, guys, and they would gather a source of water during the rainy seasons. And many of the cisterns had been found in Israel. As a matter of fact, Adam, do you remember the one at the garden? Do you guys remember? We looked down and it had a, it was right at the garden tomb from El Golgotha, right? The play, or Calvary, and we looked down, it was huge. And I was like, they were, they were digging it up, right? Because, that would have been a pit like that. Of course, Joseph didn't have a ladder to get up. They would, they would throw him down. And that's what we're going to look at today. Guys, picking up our verse, picking up our study in verse 20. You guys with me? Notice what it says. He says, come therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into the pit. And we shall say, some wild beast devoured him. We shall see what will come of his dreams. Okay, you guys put yourself in their sandals. Put yourself in their sandals, okay? You guys smell? You guys smell? There it is, okay? You're angry, but it's beyond silvering. It's, it's not just like a naive. This is, this is deep, okay? And so you're talking with your brothers, and you're saying, hey, man, here comes Joseph. Do you see him? Yeah, this is it. This is it, man. Let's kill him. Well, what should we do? Well, let's kill him and let's cast him into the pit. And then here's what we'll say. We'll tell dad that some wild beast just devoured him. That'll show him. There won't be any more dreams from that dude. You guys with me? Now, now here's what I want you to see. Okay, this is crazy. This is crazy. But I want you to see the heart of what's going on here. Why? Because Jesus told us in John chapter 10, verse 10, do you guys remember this? He said, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I come to give life. We're right here, guys. Think about it. Look at the heart. We almost see the same three. How so? Well, the first of all, it's like these guys want to kill their brother. Now, let us kill him. Okay? I looked up that word kill in the Hebrew. Guess what it means? It means to kill. That's what it means. They want to kill him. They don't just want to injure him or, you know, or stub his toe or pull out some hair. They want him dead. That's what the enemy wants to do. Let me just say this to you. Guys, in Jesus, stand strong. He's given you life because here's what the enemy, he, the enemy wants to kill you. 
but he can't because God is with you. What else? Well, think about this. There is a huge lie. Why? Because they want to lie to dad. They want to say, well, some wild beast devoured him. They want to use a lie. And then they want to destroy. How so? Because this is, we shall see what will become of his dreams. They want to destroy what God wants to do. So the enemy, same heart, to rob, to kill, to destroy, to steal, to lie. We know that he's the father of lies. Same heart here. We want to kill him. We want to destroy him. We're going to lie to dad about it. Wow. Guys, this has gone way past in my little brother's being a pain. This is serious. Amen. But it also gives us a picture of Jesus when he came to earth. Why? Because so many people had a huge problem with Jesus that they plotted to kill him. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious dudes and all that, they plotted. They literally got together in their, in their what they call unholy huddles and said, we want to kill Jesus. And nobody raised their hand and said, um, why? Why do you want to kill? Well, because, you know, he's healing people. You know, there, there's some lame people that couldn't walk. He's healed them. He's teaching a new way. He's commanding his servants, that's you and I, to do good, to be good, to look, to put others above us. Oh, and by the way, there's some people who had died. He's raised them back to life. Man, can you imagine? He's brought comfort. He's brought peace. But we want to kill him. We want to kill him. They made up lies about my Jesus. Right? They made up lies. Do you remember when he resurrected? What did they say? Oh, no, no, no. The body was stolen. His disciples came and took the body. They lied. It makes no sense, kind of like our world today. And they lied. They sought to destroy the church. Do you guys remember? How? By telling them, the disciples, don't you preach in his name. Don't you preach in it. You better stop right now. And the enemy today, listen to me very closely, the enemy today is still trying to destroy the church. They cannot tell you don't come to church, but they can scare us to the place where we won't. That's the enemy. That's the enemy. And here's what I found out. Here's what I found out, guys. When COVID hit, tons of people were online. They were confused. Man, we were, you know, I mean, and not only, not only Calvary, I mean, just churches in general. Man, everybody was at home with the Bible online. Yes, I'm, I'm ready. And as time begins to move, we, we, I've talked to a lot of pastors. It's just been declining at that point. What's on tonight? Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's Wednesday. Oh, oh yeah, but we need to finish our series. We need to finish what the show that we're watching. Okay. And slowly, and the enemy wants to do that. He wants to creep in very subtly and say, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. That's, that's been going on, guys. That's been going on. So what happens? Well, verse 21 says, and Reuben heard it, and he... And he delivered him out of the hands, and he said, Oh, hold on, guys. Let us not kill him. And Reuben said, Shed no blood, but cast him into the pit, which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him. What's his reason? It says right here that he might deliver him out of his hands and bring him back to his father. Okay? So what does Reuben say? Reuben's like, No, no, no. Hey, listen. This is our brother. Let's not, let's not kill him. Because his brothers wanted to kill him and then throw him into the pit. He says, let's throw him in the pit. And he's thinking, I'll come back later, and then I'll just take him back to dad. And dad, I'll just tell dad, you need to keep him here. Okay? Verse 
23. And it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers, they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into the pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. Do you guys see that? It almost indicates like this was a cistern that would just fill up in the latter rains or the early rains, no matter what. This is where they kept water. If you go to Israel today, you see a lot of this, the, the way they had they, they, the aqueduct water into the city. They had cisterns. I mean, unbelievable. You go to a place called Masada, they had cisterns in there. This is how they lived on top of a mountain without, I mean, this is, it's crazy. So they throw them in there, okay? And this is tragic. Why? I... I'm trying, I'm sitting in my office today and I'm trying to imagine what Joseph would be feeling at this moment. I'm trying to imagine, okay? Here's your brothers, kill him! And they throw him in, and he's thinking, I mean, guys, 20, 30 feet down, I mean, dark, I mean, it's not, wait, 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 listen, I, I would expect my enemies to do it. I would expect to put up a fight, but these are my brothers. These are the ones I grew up with. And I was thinking, what do you think he was feeling? First of all, panic. Stress, fear. And I thought, you know what? These are the same emotions that a lot of people feel every single day. But Jesus. But Jesus. Listen, guys, he has to be the heartbeat of your life. He has to be. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he wants us to wake up tomorrow morning refreshed and rested, regardless of what happens, because, guys, our eternal hope, our eternal fate is sealed. Amanda, it's not what you did, and your past is no issue You're saved because of who Jesus is. You can rest. And you'll hear that trumpet, and you'll go. And you'll go. Yeah, but I'm not a very good Christian, Joe. I'm not a very good Christian, Beverly. I don't know. It's not about being good. It's about who Jesus is. And so, so, again, think about it, guys. Think about it, okay? Maybe you're watching, and you're going, listen, uh, wow. Um, man, these are the emotions that I feel every day. Every day it's been crazy. Man, make, make, make sure you're saturating your heart and you know who you are in Christ. Know who you are in Christ. Uh, notice the first thing they do. What do they do? They rip his, his, his coat of many colors. They rip that up. I mean, they don't just take him and be like, be done with you. They pull, and you go, okay, so it's very symbolic, guys. It's very symbolic. Why? Because the first thing they do is they rip off his honor or the favor from dad. Do you see that, Joe? They rip that off. They strip him of his tunic. And you know what I thought? As believers, here's what I thought. Here's my question to us. How many times do have we allowed the world to rip us off of God's favor? That's the first thing he wants to do. God is well pleased with you, and the world wants to take that away. How many times do we allow by not walking with Jesus, by not allowing him to, to, to do those things in our lives that the, that the enemy, the world rips us of God's favor? Well, they took him and they cast him into the pit. Now, jot this down. The Bible says that he pleaded in anguish for his life. And I can imagine the 17-year-old bro- brother, I mean, here's what he says. He says um, that, that we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded to us, and we would not hear. Now, picture this, guys. Snot, tears, panic, anguish. Please don't do this, guys. Please, please, please. please. You can imagine. They threw him into the pit.
they went to try to starve him. Why? Because they're throwing him into a dry pit. Think about this. Isn't that a cruel way to die? Because, I mean, think about this. He's going he's gonna to be hungry and cold and cruel. So cruel were their tender mercies. Go ahead. <laughs> I think about this for a second. What if you're in heaven? What if you're in heaven and you're in a line, okay, and, and God's handing out crowns and awards, right? And you're like, oh, man, this is, I'm in an award. This is great. I'm in an award. Wow, okay, okay. And I'm standing in line and, okay, so what, what award are you up for? Oh, man, I think this is the line for, man, maybe patience, endurance, maybe suffering. I don't know. This is, this is the line, right? This is, this is what I did. And so, and so you look over, and you don't know who this guy is, and you go, so what are you here for? Oh, well, you know, I went through some things in the world, and, and it's like, yeah, so, so why are you in this line? Well, you know, I pastored a church in Lubbock, and sometimes those people were mean to me. That's pretty rough, you know, and, and it was hard. I mean, there were no mountains in Lubbock, and, you know, you start trying to figure out all the stuff that you really went through. And then you go, so what are you in for? And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'm Joseph. I was thrown in a pit. I was sold into slavery. I was falsely accused. And I was in prison. And you go, oh, never mind. I've got to get off this line. You know what I mean? I'm, not, I'm, I'm in the wrong line. This is suffering. This is, no, 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 no. You go, Pastor, that's silly. Yeah, so my question is, is, have we really suffered for God in the way maybe a Saul does or a, so, or a, or a Joseph or a, a Paul or a Peter or Noah? Some of us really want patience, endurance, right? Well, you know who has patience, endurance award? Noah. At least 120 years of being patient. It's going to rain. <laughs> it's going to rain. So here's my point. In the pit, guys, in the pit, okay? So you're with me. You're with me. Well, he, he, he cried out in anguish. And I believe he's scared. Here's why. Because he still have a 17-year-old heart. He hasn't grown up yet. He's still got a 17-year-old heart. And he's lonely. Feels betrayed. His brothers threw him in there to die. He know he was he's probably feeling the pangs of death. Hopeless. How am I gonna get out? Helpless. And this just makes it even sad, guys. Remember where dad thinks he's at? Dad thinks he's in Shechem. When actually he's about forty miles away from there. So there's not they're not gonna find him. If dad were to go looking, he's going to go looking in Shechem, not 40 miles over here. And never would dad think, what would my boys do? They would, no, no. Guys, I wrote this down, and, and maybe it's for somebody here, but I, I wrote this down. We at times, guys, we, we fall into to a pit, maybe not a cistern, but the pit of life. We feel all the same emotions, only we're not in a cistern. But let me say this. The pit of life, man, it can be just as hard. And here's what I put. We feel, okay, feelings. We feel fearful. We, we have those lonely times. We have those depressed times in our lives. We have those times when we're full of worry and anxiety. We have those times in hopelessness and helplessness. These are, these are pits, And we may feel all of these things. But in reality, let me ask you a question. Where is Jesus in all of this? Where is Jesus? Now, let me just say this, okay? If you feel like you're in a pit, okay? We haven't moved to a prison. We're just in the pit because this is where Joseph is. 
I want to ask you some questions. I want to ask you some questions, okay? You go, what's that? If you feel like you're in a pit, I understand. Listen, I've been in a pit several times myself, but here's the first question that I want to ask. How is your walk with God? How is your walk with God? Only you can answer that. You're waiting for me to answer. Well, how was your walk with God? Listen, when I was in a pit, to be honest with you, my walk was not good. How about this question? How's your quiet time? How's your quiet time? How often is your quiet time? And is God speaking? Guys, I went through a time where God was speaking, but I thought he wasn't speaking. You ever ever been through there? You know he's speaking to you in all sorts of ways, but you kind of walk away, I don't think God's talking to me. No, he's trying to get to your heart, but you're listening with your ears and you're not hearing what he wants to say. Well, God's speaking, he's not speaking. And I, you have to go back and say, listen, these are just, these are just some questions, okay? If you're, if you're in a pit, how about this one? Do you feel like God is not speaking to you right now. There are times when we feel that way. I talked to a friend of mine several months back, and I asked him, and he just burst out crying. How about this one? What's the difference between reality and what you perceive as reality? In other words, what is the truth versus what are you are perceiving the truth? Because that'll put you in a pit, man. That will put you in a pit. Do, or let me say this, be very careful not to read between the lines, but to ask what the truth really is. Well, you said this, and you said that, and, you, and, and they didn't say that. That's what you heard. That's how you perceived. And now you're depressed, and you're in a pit because, because reality is not what, I mean, y- your perception of reality is different than the truth. I'm, guys, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you from what I went through. This is what's going on. I know it, I know it. How do you know if you didn't ask? How, what, what really is the truth? So here's some questions that were asked of me, and I thought, wow, if you're in a pit tonight, if you feel like you're in that cistern, man, ask yourself, where, how's my walk with God? Have I, have I stopped praying? Have I stopped really walking with him? Well, guess what? You're gonna, he's going to be saved from the pit, but he's going to be sold into slavery. Look at verse 25. So they sat down to eat a meal. Doesn't that trip you out? They just threw their brother into a 20 to 30 foot cistern to die. And they're like, hey, it's lunchtime. What do you have? Oh, I have peanut butter and jelly. What do you have? Oh, I have a Lunchable. Let me try. I mean, this just trips me out. There's no remorse. And they lifted their eyes and they looked and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead and their camels bearing spices, balm and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, what profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Guys, think about this. Judah, this is the one who's going to bring the Messiah. This is the tribe of Judah. This is the guy. You know what he says? Well, let's just not kill him. We can make some money. (laughs) And it works out good because then we didn't kill him. Good idea. Good idea, Judah. Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. Wait a minute, Ben. You just said they were what? They were Ishmaelites, yes. And he says, now let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh and his brothers. Listen, then verse 28. Then Midianite traders passed by. Now, here's what people do. Oh, wait a minute. Were there two groups? Were there Ishmaelites and Midianites? But guys, according to um, Judges 8 and 24, it expressly identifies the Midianites as the Ishmaelites the same. Kind of like when he interchanges Jacob and Israel, 
Why did he employ Jacob here? Why did he employ Israel here? So we know this is what he's doing. So guess what? They pulled him up, lifted him out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. (laughs) Okay, put yourself in Joseph, right? So all of a sudden, whatever it is, I mean, they opened the thing. Hey, you're thinking, okay, my brothers came to their senses. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, finally. So they pull him up. I wonder what Joseph was thinking. Do you thinking, man, my life's going to be different now. <laughs> I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm not going to say anything. Things are going to be different. Or do you think he's like, man, I'm telling dad as soon as I get home. The problem is, is that he'll never see that. Why? Because they sell him for 20 seconds of silver. And you go, what's that? I did some research, and let me just give you the easy answer. It's about 20 bucks. It's about what they sold him for, 20 bucks. And Joseph is on his way to Egypt. Look at verse 29. And Reuben returned to the pit. I guess he wasn't there. So he didn't get his cut of the 20 bucks. And indeed, Joseph was not in the pit, and he tore his clothes, and he returned to his brothers and said, the lad is no more, and I, where shall I go? Listen, it's to Reuben's credit that he tried to spare Joseph's life, although he used the wrong method to accomplish this noble deed. And Reuben was distraught, man. He's like, he's not there. But here's what I got to say. God overruled the hatred of men, and Joseph was sold into slavery instead of slain in cold blood. Aren't you glad about that? God overruled and continues to overrule what the enemy meant for evil. You know what? God can turn it. At this point in our Bible study, guys, I got to ask you, where is our faith? Because he can do great things. But let me tell you what my problem is. My problem is, is that I put the problem so close to my eye that my problem is bigger than my God. And what I need to do is I need to focus on God because my God is bigger than my problems. And that's, that's exactly what he said. Listen, man, God overruled and he can do that in our lives. He can do that in our marriages. He can do that in our jobs. He can do that. But we need to focus and we need to walk by faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. May God be glorified in all of our lives. So what'd they do? What'd they do? Verse 31. I've got to hurry. So they took Joseph's tunic, killed a kid of goats, and dipped the tunic in the blood. Okay, so what are they doing? They're trying to cover it up, aren't they? And the one thing I find interesting, I don't know if you guys caught it. Look at this verse, guys. You can highlight it because it's the very same way Rachel deceived Isaac. She killed the goat to deceive Isaac, and they did the same thing. And it's some of the stuff in the Bible, things that make you go, hmm, wow. Then they sent, notice, the tunic of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, we have found this. And we do not know whether it's your son, your son's tunic or not. And he recognized it and said, it's my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. And without a doubt, guess what? Joseph is torn to pieces. Now, here's what I want you to notice. Stay with me, okay? Stay with me. When we commit sin, we have a huge tendency to conceal it. That's what they're doing. Oh, I don't know here. As believers, when we commit sin, it's to our benefit to confess it right away. Don't try to conceal it. Oh, listen, I'm Lord, I am so sorry I blew it. And they have hard hearts as well because that's what sin does. How do you know? Because they go to dad and say, is this your son's tunic? He wasn't going, hey, is this our brother? This is our brothers. We're not sure, Dad. Is this your son's tunic? Your son's. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth on his waist, and mourned for his son 
many days. Guys, I want to, I want to show you something. We're going to close here in a minute, but I want to show you something in verse 34. Look at verse 34. So they tell Jacob, right? They tell him, this is your son. Oh, it is my son. And he tears his clothes in a sign of mourning. He puts sackcloth and he mourned for many days. You guys see that? But it serves, guys, right here as a powerful illustration. And you go, how so? Here's what I wrote down. If we believe something to be true, it may as well be. In truth, we have been set free, but if Satan can persuade us that we are still under the tyranny of sin, we might as well be. We might as well be. Do you see the application? And all his sons and daughters arose to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. For I shall go down to the grave to my son in his mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Now the Midianites, guess what they did? They sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and a captain of the guard. Guys, as we close, Joseph is out of the pit, but he's headed to prison. Not by choice, but by deception. We leave him as a slave slash servant of Potiphar, but more to come on this. Now, let me tell you where we're going. Next week, we have what we call a parenthetical chapter that breaks up the life of Joseph, okay? It's like we're, he's telling a story, and he's going, okay, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about Judah for one chapter, and then we'll come back to the life of Joseph. Okay, what can we learn? What can we learn? What lessons can we apply to our life? Number one, being a good steward in an evil world could bring unbelievable consequences. Okay? Being a good steward in an evil world, I mean, it's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies for us. There's going to be hatred. You might be talked about. You might be passed up for promotions, whatever it might be. And sometimes, guys, being a good steward and a fully devoted follower of Jesus means that your family is not going to accept you as well. Number two, being a faithful follower of Christ means, listen to me, gaining and striving for wisdom. Because I believe naive and pride brought on hatred towards Joseph, and he ended up in a pit. You go, what do you mean? I think we should strive for wisdom in everything and ask the Lord for wisdom and how to deal with people and how to talk to people and how to don't just come out and be guys, guys, guess what? I've had a dream, and y'all are going to bow down to me. That's not going to go very well, and that's not wise. Wise is how we approach things. We call it this, Joe. We've been around the block a couple of times. Amen? Amen. So, so we, that's wisdom. Okay, that's wisdom. How does, how does God going to see this? And last but not least, guys, number three. As a Christian, guys, the pit is only temporary. Unless you refuse to be pulled out by Jesus or his followers. It's only temporary unless we go, no, 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 I, I like the pit. Because Jesus is always there ready to pull you out and say, come on, come on. Father, we thank you for your word and the truth in your word. We love you so much. Father, as we close our Bible study tonight, we thank you for the life of Joseph, and we thank you that we've glorified you. And like with any other study, I pray, Lord, that there's somebody that might be watching that, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, even now, Lord, that they're, they need to come to know you. They're not saved. They're not born again. My prayer is that if there's anyone out there under the power of the Holy Spirit feeling that conviction, and you're saying, yes, Ben, yes, Ben, I, I agree, I need Jesus. I don't want to face tomorrow without him. Listen, you're not alone. We're here for you. And so we're asking you right now, if you will put your faith and trust in him, God will save you. 
If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. That's what Romans says. And so here's what I'm asking you to do. If you're watching online, if you're listening by podcast, we want to know. If, if you'll pray a prayer and you'll say something like this, doesn't have to be word for word, but if you'll say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you and I need you and I, I, I need to be forgiven and I need life and I need you and, and I believe, come into my heart and be my God and be my Savior and be my friend. I choose to follow you, Jesus, for forever I'm yours. If you prayed something like this, then we believe that you're born again and we want to walk with you. We've got some Bibles we want to give you. We want to get you on a Bible study. So what you have to do, really simple, just go to our website. You can, you can, you can hit us up on email there. You can, you can just email at calvarylubbock at hotmail.com or just simply click on the comment and say, I gave my life to the Lord and we'll start a relationship that way. Love you. God bless you guys. Have a great week. See you Sunday. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.